0: Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! Everybody What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Say calm! Everybody calm down! No. no! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Talk the Playing Podcast. I am your host, Ashley, or some of you may know me as EMT underscore Ashley on Twitter, and today we are back. I know it's been about a month. Um, preseason is usually kind of slow up until this time, so. I wanted to make sure I had enough to talk about enough to talk about, excuse me. Enough to talk about before I got back on here with you guys. And there's there's quite a bit to digest after two preseason games for the Buccaneers. Um, I'm going to be going over, you know, who impressed, who needs to step up, who I'm disappointed in and just the whole lot of it position by position. I think there's a lot of great position battles going on and it's crazy. I don't think the preseason, I mean, every preseason is important for a team, but I don't think a preseason has been this this serious for the Buccaneers in a long time. Only because of how many positions are truly wide open. And not only just for starters, you know, the second string as well. There's just almost every single position on the team is open in one way or another. So there's going to be some major roster cuts coming in the next couple weeks, obviously, to trim down the team to the final 53-man roster with only two preseason games left to go before the home opener against the 49ers. All right, so without any further ado, we're going to jump right into it to, of course, the biggest topic of the offseason, Jameis Winston and the backup quarterbacks. Jameis Winston, through his first two preseason games, has only had one drive in each game, and in both of them, you know, have has looked really, really good. Um, in his first game, he went what was it five for six for 40 yards. Um, had a really, really nice escape from the Steelers defenders. Um, had a nice run. Didn't force any kind of bad throws. Exploited OJ Howard's ability to be a mismatch on the team. He tried to hit a deep ball to Perryman, who kind of came off late on his takeoff. That can be fixed, no problem. Um, The biggest thing for Jameis that I saw in his week one performance was just how comfortable he is in the pocket, it seems. He doesn't seem like he's frantic. He gets through his progressions quite quickly. He's making decisions that, like Arians has said, it doesn't always have to be the money ball, but more so making a money decision. And if Jameis can cut down on the the dumb throws or trying to be the team hero, he's going to have a very successful season. And we kind of saw that as well on Friday night against the Dolphins. Against the Dolphins, he had kind of a, you know, he really didn't have as much time as he had against the Steelers offensive line-wise. There were a couple missed assignments on his first throw of the game. He felt some pressure, tried to hit Mike Evans and was a little too high. Mike Evans didn't seem too happy about that, but you know, he hadn't he didn't have any kind of targets the first game so I can understand that. Um but then again, he hit OJ Howard for, you know, a good gain. He's just a mismatch to any kind of defender, linebackers, cornerbacks, they're not going to be able to guard him. And then, of course, um, a nice short throw to Cambray, who kind of got blown up. And then a drop ball by, I believe it was, Justin Watson. So we'll get into the, the wide receivers group here in just a little bit. But continuing on with Jameis, we really haven't been able to see much of him. Friday's game was very wet, muddy, not great footing for a quarterback. Bruce Arians didn't want to risk it. I don't blame him. We'll see, I'm guessing, much more of him... Friday against the Cleveland Browns preseason week three is usually a dress rehearsal for the first team so I'm hoping we get to see at least a quarter or two if not an entire half of Jameis Winston to see what he can do with this new offensive scheme and the running backs but Jameis overall has looked very well I don't really have any kind of complaints he's looked comfortable made good decisions hasn't forced any things no turnovers but like I said a very small sample size Now, we're going to get into the two quarterbacks who have been playing for the backup position, ex-Cardinal and player for Bruce Arians, Blaine Gabbert, and, of course, Ryan Griffin. And to be quite honest, Blaine Gabbert has had a great training camp, but in the, the preseason game Friday against the Dolphins looked very lethargic and couldn't get the offense going. And this is kind of concerning. Now, again, it's just a preseason game. I understand. It's bad conditions. You know, you don't want to risk anything to where you're going to hurt yourself or the team or your body. But he just couldn't get it going. It seemed like he had, you know, a very hard time getting comfortable behind the offensive line. He looked like he couldn't hit many of his throws. He just seemed very uncomfortable. Only hitting five of his 12 attempts for 45 yards. And it was just, it it wasn't that he was doing anything That was strikingly bad. Like I said, he just seemed like he was very uncomfortable. But in the second straight week, Ryan Griffin has really looked like he can command this offense. Now, of course, it's third and second string players, but he seems very comfortable and again went over 200 yards passing in the second half. And he just looks like he had a spark for the offense. Ogum- I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. I've, I've tried to nail this down already. Um, but he just seemed like he and the offense and Tanner Hudson really seemed to mesh. They have a connection. They have chemistry. Um, he drove the Bucks down the last minute or so and got a score. Led the team to the game-winning field goal, of course, by kicker Matt Gay. Completing 14 of his 21 passes for 201 yards, a touchdown. And completing 67% of his passes. Now, the biggest thing the Bucks need to look at is who is going to be the clear-cut second-string quarterback. If Jameis goes down, and he has gone down before due to injury, who can lead the team to a win? Who can take over as that second-string quarterback and say, okay... I got this, follow me, I'm going to lead this team, and I can get us a win if needed. As much as Bruce Arians loves Blaine Gabbert, and he knows this system, he knows how Arians wants this team run, knows the playbook, he just hasn't played very well in game situations. And I think right now, Arians really has to consider Ryan Griffin for the backup quarterback position. He has, you know, played two back-to-back good games with the second team offense, again, Understand that it is the second-team offense in a preseason game, but, you know, this is when it counts. This is how you earn your stripes is in the preseason. And I I think that Blaine Gabbert may still have the edge because he knows so much about the playbook. But at this point, it's becoming quite obvious that Ryan Griffin can run the second-team better and has played better in these first two preseason games. Now there is two more games to go. So we'll see, you know, the progression of this. But it's definitely something to watch out for. I think it's going to be closer than people think. And I really like Ryan Griffin. You know, he's suffered some injuries. But he's always looked pretty solid behind the, the Bucks' offensive line in the second team. Um, he's been with the team for a couple years now. So I think, you know, God forbid if anything happened to Jameis Winston... You know, knock on wood, of course, that um, he would be able to lead this team to, you know, a couple wins if need be. Another former Cardinal who may be on his way out is Andre Ellington. Andre Ellington has been simply outplayed by running back Dare Ogumbawale over the past two games. Andre Ellington, on one of his very first snaps of the game on Friday, fumbled the football giving the Miami Dolphins a very good field position and leading to a touchdown. Um, Andre Ellington was brought in because he knew, again, Bruce Arians' offense and was regarded as a very good pass catching back in Arians' offense. Now, Ellington did not play in the NFL last season and was brought out by Arians to come back and play. Um, I believe this should have been a red flag to begin with. He just hasn't looked as sharp as he has in practice. Um, Der Ongubawale has been putting on some massively, just blatantly good runs. Um, he's been very solid out of the backfield as a pass catcher. He would have had almost nearly 90 yards pass catching um, in Friday's game if not for a weak holding call against rookie Zach Bailey. That negated, I believe, a 30-yard gain. Um, he did have another one towards the end of the game where he had, I think, 40 yards scamper down the field after a, a pass out of the backfield. Um, he had nearly 90 yards um, total in both rushing and passing. I think that he's going to be a great or could be a great complimentary back to Barber and Ronald Jones, who again had very small workload on Friday. Now, again, this is because, of course, because of the field the field conditions it was very rainy it poured for most of the game field was very sticky muddy guys can twist knees that way and in fact Ronald Jones is now dealing with a sore knee I believe again like I said about Jameis Winston we'll see them both more on Friday against the Cleveland Browns for the quote-unquote dress rehearsal um the battle quote-unquote for the running back starting position is still very tight Ronald Jones did have a very nice run of about 13-14 yards that got negated again by a holding call, but uh, Peyton Barber only had three or four rushes on Friday's game. Again, there really hasn't been much to go off of. They both, in the first preseason game, had 18 yards rushing on four carries. Both look really good. Both look quick, have great elusiveness, and are getting through tackles and... They both look great. I'm excited to see this Buccaneers running game this season. I think that the offensive line um, in Week One really had a good week. They were blocking well for the running backs, getting downfield, holding their guys, giving Jameis some room and some time for pass protection. Not so much in Week Two. Um, I, I, it was just I don't know if it was just the field conditions, the fact that it was pouring all night. You know, a slick field. Or just a bad night, but that, that offensive line did not look like it needed to on Friday. Donovan Smith again fell down. I don't know if maybe his foot got stuck. It looked like maybe he slipped a little bit. But man, he he has to get it together if Jameis is going to survive this season. He is his blindside protector. Alex Kappa again looked very solid, surprisingly. I, for one... We'll eat crow on that. I didn't think Alex Kappa would be ready at all. He has definitely shut me up. He's a guy that I've been watching consistently now, both in practice and these first two preseason games. I think he looks great. I think he finally took that next step to being what Jason Light saw in him coming out of a day D3 school. So that's exciting on that end. Um Ryan Jensen, man, oh, man. Ryan Jensen got a lot of shit last year. For he did this with penalties. Where is he? What has he been doing? Why do we pay him this much money? I want you guys to go back to that scramble that, that Jameis had where Alex Kappa misses on the block and Ronald Jones doesn't have time to adjust to it and he has to roll out and spin away from the defender. Ryan Jensen turns around to see Jameis still up and with the ball and immediately pulls out in front of him, leading the way so where he can scramble behind, you know, Jameis can scramble behind him and lays out. Out this defender who's trying to jump up in the air and block a pass from happening and just lays him out on the sideline in a preseason game on a field that's not in best condition at all to play in. That's what this team needs is mean, nasty guys who are going to throw blocks for their quarterback. They're going to throw blocks for these players and make plays happen. That was a hell of a play. I'm excited to see Jensen in this second year with the new offensive line coach. I think the offensive line as a whole, both in practice and even with the, you know, maybe not the best second game um, offensive line wise, I really feel like they are going to be a better unit than they were last season. I believe that. Um, Dotson is healthy. I know Dotson at one time was dealing with some soreness last season. I feel like the offensive line in a whole as a whole was gonna help this running game improve tremendously from last season. Um, some things just have to be cleaned up. there's always something to improve on, but as a whole, I'm not too disappointed. Um, we'll have to see like I said next week with a dress rehearsal to see if they really are improved. Now, one position group really did let me down on on Friday, and that was the wide receivers. The, the biggest thing for me is the Bucks have an immense amount of talent on the offensive line, but no one has really stepped up for the fourth or fifth wide receiver spot. Now, you have the top three, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Prashad Perriman, and then you have the guys fighting for positions, Justin Watson, Bobo Wilson, Scotty Miller, who still hasn't practiced. DeMarcus Lodge and Emmanuel Hall who was just picked up off of waivers who got cut by the Chicago Bears who runs a 4.3940 with a cracked pelvis when he ran the 40 time. He's now getting healthy and should have a chance to play hopefully on Friday if he goes back to practice but none of these guys have really stepped up. In fact, Justin Watson and Bobo Wilson have struggled immensely, dropping quite a few passes in both the first two preseason games. And that will get you cut off the team. Now, Justin Watson didn't have a very bad game against Pittsburgh at all, his homecoming for him, but he did have a few drops. I believe three of them. Bobo Wilson had a pretty bad drop on Friday night um, against the sideline on a pretty catchable ball and just dropped it. He had another over the middle from Blaine Gabbert, and it, it and in the NFL, you know, you can't just settle for just good enough. Those are balls that have to be caught. Again, the weather might have played a big part of that. The ball is slick. You can't get your footing right. So on and so forth. But those are balls you have to catch. You know, you're not always going to have sunny and 75 where you're playing. It's going to be hot. There's going to be times where it rains. You could even have snow if you play a game in the north. You know what I mean? You have to be able to adjust. And I believe that these 4th and 5th wide receiver spots are wide open. Scotty Miller, who I was excited about, still hasn't practiced. I'm sorry. Still hasn't played since injuring his hamstring. And if he doesn't come back, he's in real danger of losing a spot on this team. And that would be a huge loss for Jason Light and Arians, who drafted him in the 5th. I'm sorry. In the sixth round, the biggest ability is availability, and Scotty Miller, frankly, just hasn't been available. That's why you saw guys like Spencer Schnell in the first preseason game get more time and come up with 100 and 119 yards in his preseason debut. I mean, that kid right now is ahead of Scotty Miller when it comes to, to, to game film. Um, Scotty Miller, I believe, really has to play on Friday if he wants any chance of realistically making this team. Um, DeMarcus Lodge has is another guy who I really thought that I would see more of on Friday and didn't. Um, Tanner Hudson has really emerged as someone I believe can move someone out of that tied at number three position in Anthony Auclair. Um, he has just been amazing. He's had a spectacular training camp. He's had a great preseason. He's had, what was it? almost 90 yards in both preseason games so far. He had the last two catches to secure the field position for the game-winning field goal. These guys, you know, I- I'm just disappointed. I don't feel like the Bucks have have anyone that's really stood out so far. And that's a problem because... God forbid one of the top three guys goes down. You need that fourth receiver to step in and be able to play in that type of offense, play in that role, seamlessly. So. Now, onto the MVPs of Friday night's game the entire linebacking core. These guys played their minds out. I, I have not seen linebacking dominance since Levante David and Quan Alexander were both healthy. These guys played incredible on Friday night. My co-MVPs, of course, are going to be Shaquille Barrett and Kevin Minter. Kevin Minter blew up a running play to where he could have taken the handoff by himself. Shaq Barrett should have had at least three sacks on Friday night. Almost came close to going back-to-back with them. Devontae Bond had a batted ball and almost still intercepted it. Deion Buchanan laid it his entire body... I mean, this man launched his body into the lead block and cut him down. This is the type of play you want to see from your linebackers in a 3-4 defense. This 3-4 defense is going to be absolutely insane. They're going to be aggressive from the first play. They're going to come at you a million different ways. They're going to have linebacker blitzes cornerback blitzes up the middle through the gap blitzes. They're going to have outside blitzes. And you saw that Friday that this linebacking group can do all of those. Shaq Barrett's blitz came off from the edge. Um, Kevin Minter went straight up the middle and almost took the handoff from the, the running back then you had guys like Devonte Bond come straight up from the middle to deflect the pass. So these guys are getting penetration from all over the field and that's exactly what you want to see. Todd Bowles seemed very impressed. Um, I think that, you know, Shaq Barrett as well as Kevin Minter have really made a name for themselves. At this point, Shaq Barrett has shown that, you know, even though he hasn't been able to practice, he can still produce but the funniest thing about all this, me giving them so much praise, is that Bruce Arians said, yeah, they're going up against second-string guys. I would hope Shaq Barrett can do that. And that's what I love about Bruce Arians is that he's he's not shy about giving these players recognition, but he's also not going to let them get comfortable. He's going to be like, hey, yeah, great job. You did that against uh, second-string people, but can you do that against first-strings? Can you start in my defense can you produce the same against guys who are actually starting on the field all 16 games of a season? And this blew my mind because I don't think we've seen that from a coach since maybe Gruden, when Gruden was here before the Super Bowl win. Arians is holding these guys to higher standards. And don't get me wrong, he gave plenty of praise for both of these guys, but he made it known that he is not content on what they did. He wants more. He wants to untap all of that potential that they have, and I believe that these linebackers, this young secondary, that second level. When you hit off the off the after the defensive lineman, you have the second level or middle level of the linebackers, and I believe that in this three four defense, they're going to thrive. Noah Spence didn't see a lot of reps on Friday. He's coming off strong after his first preseason game. They were having to hold him intentionally just to stop him. I only think he—I think he only played two series on on Friday night, so we didn't see a whole lot out of him. But he's really come on strong. I think this is going to be what he needs to kickstart his his career again after having. You know, not very many plays at all last season under Dirk Cutter and Mike Smith's defense. I feel like he just needed, you know, a new, a second chance. He just needed to be where he thrives in, and that's in a three, four more aggressive defense. So I believe that this linebacking group is only going to get better from here. They're going to be the showcase to watch next week, I believe. Um, I want to see them get after Baker Mayfield. I want to see them against that that nice um, Cleveland Browns offensive line. I want to see if they can force Baker Mayfield, who's known of getting out of the pocket and extending the play just like Jameis does, if they can make him uncomfortable next week. Um, So I'm very, very pleased with that. I'm excited to see them. I think that Todd Bowles loves what he sees from his guys. I think the linebackers had three out of the five sacks on Friday night, which is great. They only had two their first preseason game. They have seven throughout the first two games, which is more than they had all last preseason. Do you understand how crazy that is? In the first two games of the preseason, they have more sacks than they did the entire four game preseason last season. That just goes to show how different how different these two coachings are. Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles in an aggressive 3-4 defense first. Mike Smith and Dirk Cutters prevent, prevent, prevent. Hope they don't take the top off on you. Keep everything in front and give up the eight, nine yards every play. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very happy about that. Devin White, again, only had two series of play. He still looked very good. I watched the game over again just to see where he was on those plays that he was in. And the thing that I noticed the most is how often he is around the football when the play is blown dead. He is always around that football, and he really hasn't had the chance he's waiting for to really take the top off and play his game because Arians, of course, wants to keep him healthy. You can tell that he's, you know, itching to play his Instagram posts and his Twitter posts. You know, I'm going to get my chance, and he's just anxious. He wants to play, and I don't blame him. And when he finally gets unleashed, this guy's going to be a problem for offensive linemen. Um, in Friday's game, he did have a pressure on the quarterback, on um, Josh Rosen, where if the slant that he had thrown was not there, would have been absolutely laid out by Devin White. So his time is coming. I think he finally gets unleashed on Friday. It's going to be something to watch. He's going to make guys pay. I don't know if offensive linemen are going to be able to stop him. You know, if these guys like Kevin Minter and Shaq Barrett are getting through, just imagine how much fun Devin White's going to have. So I know he's anxious. I know you guys are starting to ask, you know, where's Devin White? But have to remember that he's only had three series worth of play within two games. He's fine. He's around the ball. He's doing exactly what you need him to do, exactly what you want him to do. just have to be patient. So I'm excited to see him play more. I'm excited to see how he leads this defense, how he commands them, how he changes plays and reads the defense kind of like Levante David did last season. Juan Alexander went down with a torn ACL. So basically to recap, what I've gone over so far is that Jameis is playing, I believe, just as well as Arians would hope him to. I think Ryan Griffin should be the second-string quarterback right now. Ogum Wale over Andre Ellington for the third running back position. I feel like someone has to step up for this wide receivers group. There's going to be one, possibly two more spots, and someone has to step up if they're going to claim it. I feel like the offensive line was a little shaky on Friday night. Um, they played very well the first preseason game, so maybe it might have been the conditions. Not too sure. Um, I feel like the linebacker group is coming together beautifully. I think that the additions that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put together with Shaq Barrett and Dayon Buchanan really showcase their skill set in a 3-4 defense. Todd Bowles, I feel, lets them be unleashed see what they can do um their natural talents what they've done on other teams shaq barrett coming from denver where he played behind von miller and bradley chubb and Deon buchanan who played with arians in arizona and had his best season under arians in arizona the starting running back position is still up in the air i believe i do think that it is still Peyton Barber's job to lose, but I do think that Ronald Jones has improved tremendously. He's been great in practice. He's had a couple very nice runs in both games of these preseason so far. I believe that as a whole, I think Friday's third preseason game of the season, which again is usually a dress rehearsal, meaning that the starting offense and defense play for quite a while, not the whole game, but quite a while during the game will tell a lot as to who's going to win those position battles, who has made a case to make the team, guys like Spencer Schnell and Tanner Hudson. Um, but the only three things I would like to see Arians do this before the first game of the season on September 8th is, one, invest in some O-line. They, they need some offensive lineman depth. Um... The starting group, I think, is going to be just fine. I think bringing a new coach in, um, both in the head coach and in the positional coach of offensive line group, um, is going to help them tremendously. But I do feel like they have zero depth. Cole Boozer, I don't believe, is going to make this team. I feel like they just don't have the depth where they need it and that they really need to, I don't know, maybe either trade for someone, pick someone off the waiver wire. That's... The biggest weakness that I see right now on this Tampa Bay team is its offensive line. And this team is only going to go as far as its offensive line. You can have a great defense, but if you don't score points, you're not going to win the game. Number two, I would love for Arians to let Devin White loose. He is itching to get onto that field. He has posted a couple different times that once my opportunity comes, I'm going to shine. Uh, in an interview, you you can just tell he's anxious. Um, Arians, of course, cut him out for all the right reasons. You know, you don't want to you don't want your number one pick getting hurt. I get that, but he is ready. I know he's gonna shine bright. So I would love for Arians to leave him out two or three quarters of Friday's game. And three, I want Arians to challenge this young cornerbacks group to getting their hands on a football. Jamel Dean had his debut on Friday night and should have had two interceptions. He dropped the first one, made up for it in the fourth quarter, I believe, nabbing his first one in his first game. But that is the first interception we've seen through these first two games. Um, Vernon Hargraves has played fine, you know, playing again with the first string, so only getting three or four series so far in the first two games. Sean Murphy Bunting had a very good second game. Should have been credited with a half sack with Damone Harris. And also coming down on some of the running plays to help support. Um, That was one thing the defense did very well on Friday night. They never gave up any kind of big play, quote-unquote big play. I think they had one completion of 20 or more yards, but nobody took the top off on them. It wasn't a high-scoring game. Miami doesn't have the best of receivers, but they did have Preston Williams who was said to have having a superb preseason. He was the guy to watch for the Miami Dolphins, and he struggled a lot on Friday night. Um, So to give credit where credit was due, but I would love for Arians to challenge these young corners to get their hands on a football. Um, I know that the Bucs did force a fumble on Friday night. I believe that was one of the backup linebackers. It got picked up by one of the Dolphins. Um, Like I said, Jamel Dean had two interceptions, but... The biggest thing that the Bucs struggled with last season was takeaways, and we've already seen quite a few from the defense as a whole, but I would love to see more interceptions. These young guys have great ball skills. Sean Ruby Bunting, when he got drafted, was talking about how he had the best hands in the room. Jamel Dean, you know, had his hands on two picks and came up with one of them. Um, Vernon Hargraves is still having a very solid camp, very solid first two preseason games. So... I would love to see them get more aggressive, but they did great on Friday, like I said. No real big plays were given up. Um, They held it down, and that's what you want to see from your young corners. They then brought in Darian Stewart, the ex-Bronco, who won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in 2015. He had a fantastic game. He was coming in on tackles, broke up a couple passes, broke up a play in the end zone as well. So I think his veteran stance is gonna boast well onto these young corners. I think his experience in both the playoffs, Super Bowl, and being with the team for so long and his age of 30 years old is gonna help these young guys progress much faster if it was just the young guys by themselves. So great addition. I think the Bucks are in heading into a great direction. I think they're on pace for where they want to be heading into week one. Week three we should see a much cleaner game. Um, penalties were an issue, but I don't think Bruce Arians is gonna stand for it. As much as you have seen, very animated. Every time the Bucks got a penalty, it's not something he wants from his team. He wants excellence every time they step onto the field, and that's to be expected. You know, you have a a coach with a pedigree, a coach with a winning mindset that they can win any game they walk themselves into. That's the that's the standard that the Bucks need to put onto themselves. So uh, I'm very excited. and very happy with the way this team has progressed from last season. But the thing I am most excited about is that the Bucks finally have a kicker. Matt Gay. Matt Gay with the game-winning field goal. I think this kid was worth the r- fifth-round pick. Um, he can make just about anything. He had me believing with 34 seconds left in the game, the Bucs had a chance to win it, and it, indeed they did. Realistically, the Bucks are only going to need to get to the 45, 40-yard 40 line whenever they have possession to to score points, and that's going to be huge. I think the Bucks are going to score much more points than they did last season, even with the high-powered offense. It's going to be exciting. I think right now he has the job locked down. I think it would take a complete collapse for Cairo Santos to win the starting kicking competition. I believe that Tampa should look into maybe trading Cairo Santos for another lineman or at least a draft pick. Um, There's a couple different scenarios of how that can go down, but very pleased. Definitely feel like the team is almost where it needs to be for week one But we'll have to see if they can get those penalties cleaned up. A couple different things. Some more bodies picked up off the waiver wire. That should happen the next two weeks or so. So Tampa's final 53 is nowhere near completed yet. We will start seeing some cuts, I believe, after Friday into Saturday and Sunday before that next Monday. So it's going to be exciting to see who shows up and shows out on Friday night. Alright, guys, before I end this episode of Talk the Plank, I just want to remind everybody of the charity event that myself and all things Tempe Bucks will be hosting throughout the entirety of the season. We're getting ready to announce our first charity raffle item in the next week or so. It's going to be big. You guys are going to want to be paying attention to this. Make sure you guys follow my podcast Twitter page at Talk the Plank Podcast. Guys, we've got stuff like signed footballs, jerseys, we've got signed pictures, we've got signed mini footballs, we've got a lot of things rolling out this season, guys. It's going to be so much fun. This podcast now marks at least 16, 17 straight podcasts in a row, one each week at least um, throughout the rest of the season. I'm going to try and do one after the third preseason game probably won't do one after the fourth preseason game just in just because typically it's mostly third and fourth strings just to see who makes the team unless of course something amazing happens someone pulls off a great play but after that we'll be doing at least one podcast episode per week we're going to be doing them on Mondays after the game to recap i might also start doing them on Thursdays as a pregame um, questions and stuff like that, as well as matchups I like for the game. It, it's, it's gonna be fun. I can't wait to share everything with you guys. But until next time, go, bucks.